0: Luke the 16th chapter, Luke chapter 16, and um, I came with, as I guess, about as many notes um, as I've ever had on a Wednesday night, um, and yet the notes that I have are not where we're going to begin. As a matter of fact, I don't have any notes on this, but I just really felt impressed during the worship service that this was where we needed to start tonight. So we're going to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit tonight, and we're going to begin... Um, in one of the more unique parables that Jesus ever taught us. But hidden in this field is a, is a very uh, important treasure uh, that we're going we're gonna to dig out, and then we're going to use that treasure, this truth treasure that's in this parable um, to launch into uh, our, uh, our message tonight and the things I believe the Holy Spirit has for us. Amen? All right, Luke. Um, Chapter 16, and let's begin. I don't have these on the screen, so if you don't have a Bible with you, maybe your neighbor will let you look on with him or her. But it says this. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward.'" Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master has taken the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. All right, so look at me for a moment. A steward, this would have been like a manager. you got a wealthy man, you know, maybe different businesses, different business interests, and he's hired somebody and put them over that, gave them responsibility for for that. Uh, well for that let's just say the bank account the checking account well this guy's been skimming and he's been kinda cheating and and the owner found out about it and he's like alright I, I need you to give an account because last time I was here there was a hundred sacks of corn in that barn and there's only two sacks now so where did those 98 sacks go so I need to see where the money came in for those it's those kinds of questions well he knew he was caught and he knew he was about to be fired. And he's like, man, I've got this cushy job and you know, been living the, you know, <laughs> in the lap of luxury and, and, and now I'm busted. What am I gonna do? So verse four, I have resolved what to do, that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to them, take your bill And sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So notice, we already know this man is in the oil business and he's in the grain business. We don't know what other diversities of businesses that he may have had. But notice now what he's doing. He's trying to curry favor with different individuals who owe his master money by changing the records of what they owe so that when he is fired, he's got something to, to, to say, look, not only do they owe him, but notice if, if they're not kind to him, if they don't help him, then he can expose them, right? So obviously you know, there's a price to pay when we start cheating. Let me let me tell you something the Lord told me a, a little while back. I shared this one morning at the foundry, and I'll share it with all of you tonight. This is what the Lord told me. He said, you do not have to cheat to win. Thank you for those two amens and one Baptist nod. You don't have to cheat to win. Amen. See, there, we, we were raised in a world where you know you gotta cheat, you gotta fudge, you gotta cheat on your taxes, you gotta. You know, try to work the system, all those other things. You, as a child of God, you do not have to cheat to win. That's good news right there. That's straight up good news. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit reminds me that every time I'm looking at a receipt. Is this tax deductible? Right? You know, well, I, I bought Pam dinner and she is the children's pastor. Right? You see what I'm saying? Right? I mean, Bethany sings on the praise team, and Jake's with her. Is that, is that meal tax deductible, right? I don't have to cheat to win. Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying here? Are you with me? You don't have to cheat to win. All right, I got to get... Man, this is just the intro. We're not even halfway through it yet. All right, so... do you, think, you picking up what Jesus is putting down here, you understand what He's saying, what's going on here. All right. So, the Master... Notice verse 8 this is why I say it's a really unique parable so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly now this is Jesus isn't condoning underhanded behavior this is the point that he's trying to make for you and me for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. He told this parable because Jesus was trying to stir something in us. He was trying to awaken something in us. We we all know how the world operates. We all understand the way the world does business. We're not of the world. We're in the world. Amen. But we're not of this world. We've been born from above. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are sons of the kingdom. We are daughters of the kingdom. Are you following what I'm saying here? Our citizenship is not this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're sons and daughters of light. Operating in this natural world, but we're not of this world. But notice he said that the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than you and me. So what does this word shrewd mean? It's talking about a mindset that is diligent to work every angle see notice what did this man was he couldn't dig, he didn't know anything about manual labor, too proud to beg, but what did he know, what did he have? He understood money, he understood accounting, he understood how to cook the books. He, in other words, that was the thing that he knew, that was the, the, the only uh, option that he saw. In other words, when he looked at all of his options, the one that seemed to have the greatest potential to help him moving forward was his ability to manipulate the numbers. And so he's using everything he knows about about accounting, about bookkeeping, about credits and debits and assets and all this other stuff to to try to make a, a, a way forward for himself. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question real quick. What then is our greatest potential to use in life? It's not money, it's faith. Faith is... In, ever, Romans 12, 3 says... God's given to every person the measure of faith. So every person in this room, every person under the sound of my voice, you have been given by your Creator Father the measure of faith. You have faith within you, and I personally believe it represents the greatest untapped potential, not just in your life, not just in the body of Christ, but the faith that resides within you and me represents the greatest untapped potential on planet Earth. There's enough faith in this room to feed nations. Jesus fed thousands by faith. He took a little boy's lunch, and he used faith to multiply it, right? So when we talk about the untapped potential that we have, faith, right? It's, it's what we've been given to function. It's the currency that we've been given to, to use. We, see, words, think about it. Everything that the world uses money for, we're supposed to use faith for. We're supposed to use faith to get money. Amen. Faith, world's—you know—they're sick. Well, they do get some money go to the doctor. You know, every problem that they have. Listen, you were not created to solve problems with money. You were created to save pro- solve problems with faith. Because if, if, if you look to money. As the way to solve your problem what do you do when the problem is money see if money is the way we fix everything what do you do when you ain't got no money you can't fix nothing right but you can even fix a money problem with faith amen are you seeing this but here's the point here's why I believe the Holy Spirit prompted me to start here tonight with, with this parable we've got to become shrewd when it comes to faith we've we've got to learn about it we've got to learn how it works we've got to know enough about it to to know how to use it and 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 how to um one way of, of saying shrewd was thinking on his feet you ever heard that expression this guy, you how to think on his feet, man. He's right there in the middle of that. I mean, it, the pressure's on. He's about to be unemployed, and and he he is he's going to be in a in a in a bind, right? I mean, how, he can't put this guy down for a reference. I mean, he you know he, his career is taking a nosedive. But notice he's thinking on his feet. That would be another way. Thank you, Holy Spirit, to communicate to you what it means to be shrewd, how to work the angle, how to how to how to manipulate the situation. To turn it in his favor, and listen i i 'm not picking on any of us, but we know how to do that. We have done that in this world system. how to cheat, how to how to fudge, how to how to you know, get in that gray zone of life and, 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 and try to get what we want and this and that, and all these other things. And, and we work those things, man. We, we'll scheme and plot and plan and strategize and, and, and deceive and, and all these things. And listen, I'm not by any means, and Jesus is certainly not by any means justifying that. But the question he's wanting us to ask ourselves is, where is all of that when it comes to faith? Where is all of that when it comes to the kingdom? Where is this mindset that says man, there's something here that I need to learn because if I figure out how to use this, I can get what I need and I can even get what I want. Amen. Now I know I probably just stirred some of you up right there, but we've looked at enough verses already and we'll look at some more moving forward. Faith is not just for needs. What things whoever you desire when you pray. Amen? Amen? Let when your faith is tested, let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire. Needing nothing? Wanting nothing? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not need. I shall not want. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the needs of your heart. The desires of your heart. Whatsoever needs you ask for when you pray, notice what He said. What things soever you desire... When you pray, amen. Matter of fact, he said that when, when we pray in faith for the things that we want, that our joy is full. Listen, we should be thankful and happy, content, what have you. Don't misunderstand me. Don't Come on, I'm going somewhere with this. If we simply have our needs met. But what father in here is only interested in your children's needs being met? I don't, I don't just want my family's needs to be met. I want them to have things they desire, things they enjoy. John Mark doesn't need a guitar. Bethany didn't need a car. Are you following what I'm saying? These things were not needs and we could have got them back and forth to school. I wanted her to have that little Volkswagen Jetta. It was something she wanted. I wanted her to have what she wanted. Thank you, Matt. My brother's a Volkswagen fanatic if y'all don't know that, right? And so she's looking up to her uncle. She likes them VWs like him, right? But man, the Lord anointed that little car, right? Everybody said, oh man, those cars are, are not that dependable. Man, hers was awesome dependable. She got a good one. She sure did. Lord blessed it. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying here? This idea that, you know, well, we're just trudging along through life, believing God for what we need. God's already promised to supply all your needs. He's already promised to give you what you need. He says he knows what you need before you ask him even in Matthew 6 I don't know what you want tonight obviously if it's something harmful or destructive or whatever you're not gonna be able to believe God for that anyway there's nothing wrong with believing God for a car or a better car nothing wrong with believing God for a house or a better house Are are you following what I'm saying here you say well you know as long as I got someplace to lay my head that's that's survival thinking we're not in that survival mindset anymore your Father enjoys giving you good things. He wants to prosper you. He desires for you to prosper. So much so that your success and prosperity are directly linked to Him being glorified. See, we, we, we're raised in a, in a republic, actually. We could, a representative democracy. I'm not here to teach you government, but... Um, we don't know anything about living in a kingdom naturally speaking but in the old days the health and well-being of the citizens in a kingdom they were a direct reflection of the king himself no king wanted to rule over a, a, a bunch of people who were sick and diseased and broke and living in poverty they, they in other words, their majesty, their glory as a king was, was, was directly reflected in, in the well-being of their subjects. We're not just subjects to our King. We're sons and daughters. Amen. We're, we're not just being ruled over by Him. We're family to Him. Amen. So again, if we go back to this, you've been given the measure of faith. When are we going to become motivated to figure out what to do with it and how to use it? how to take that faith and work every faith angle we know how to work to get the things, not just that, listen, praise God, I'm not backtracking. It is about you having what you desire, what you want in life, but also beyond that, helping somebody else. Abraham's prayer was not just bless me, but make me a blessing. It's just back to that whole discipleship thing. It takes one to make one. You've got to be blessed in order to be a blessing. Hard to be a blessing if you're broke yourself. Hard to give if you, if you are in need yourself. And you follow me. So again, we're talking about faith now. And being motivated by it. The one thing, and, and I know, by the way, special thanks to Brother John Smith I was out Wednesday before last at camp, and then Matthew on last Wednesday night. I've heard great feedback from all those services. So it's been a few weeks since I've, I've been with This is, what, two weeks, I guess, since I've been with you. And um, one, of the, one of the last things that we were emphasizing Wednesday, a couple, three weeks ago now, was that Jesus taught us over and over again that our faith will do the same thing that his faith did. Oh my, thank you, Holy Spirit that, that the faith that you've been given right now man I'm so just almost want to go back and preach all that for the 14th time we've preached it so many times but again, that the faith that you have right now will do what Jesus' faith did. That's why he said the works that I do, you'll do also, and even greater works than these. So there are some things here clearly that we don't understand. There are some things here that we need to grow in and grow up in. But if we have this lackadaisical attitude about it, I think that's what he's talking about here. You know, we we went after the things of, of the world I mean, let's just talk, let's just be honest. Some of us in here, we, what it, what it, what's the word, gusto? Man, we, we went after the things of the world with gusto, with gumption, with boldness, with reckless abandon. Man, we, we would just, we, we had head out three, you know, on a four-state journey with a, you know, not even a change of underwear. And, and I had no idea how we were going to get there, much less get back. Some of you laughing because that's you. Maybe that's not ever all of you. But you understand what I'm saying? With just reckless abandon, man. I mean, not even thinking about what the consequences may be. Now, so we get we get in the kingdom, and we're too timid to do anything. We're too timid to write God a check. We we we're too timid to get given the offering. We you know, and man, we 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 were like spending money for, faster than we could get it out in the world. We I mean, you know, we, we would buy people we didn't even know, a whole bar room full of people, you know, uh drinks and and, and and things of this nature. Now we're in the kingdom, we don't even want to buy somebody a sandwich. Yeah You follow what I'm saying? This is the point, this is what Jesus is trying to make. Man, this... Sons of the world, man, they, they, they'll, they'll take what they know and they'll do everything they can with it. They'll stretch it, they'll push it, they'll max it out, they'll, they'll drive it off a cliff if they, if they think they can get five more minutes out of it, you know. Then, then we come in the kingdom all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I couldn't do that, no, oh, you know. Faith, faith, right? Boldness. Praise God. Praise God. All right, let's go to... um, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Romans 4. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 4. We got a few more minutes. You good? That wasn't very encouraging, but we'll keep plugging away anyway. Amen. Romans chapter 4. Verses 1 through 5. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if if Abraham was justified, that means just as if I'd never sinned, made right before God in the eyes of God. If Abraham was justified by works, by what he did, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. All right? Now, there's only one way to be right before God in the eyes of God. There's only one way to be justified before God. And that is by faith in the completed work of Jesus. Now the title of the last sermon I preached on this subject again a couple of weeks ago was a faith barometer a faith barometer and I ask you for those of you here that night I ask you a question please don't shout it out please don't raise your hand I want you to embarrass yourself it's not a trick question but it's a tricky question amen let me just say it that way what percentage of your right standing before God is dependent upon your works or your effort And the answer is not 50-50 or 60-40. The answer is zero. Zero. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2. You're right before God by faith, not based upon you earning it, you deserving it, you being good enough for Him to give it to you. None of that. Absolutely none of that. Okay? And that's what he's explaining here in these verses. Now, why, why do we bring that up? Because when we say it's a barometer, or let's just simplify it and call it a measuring stick, okay? Whatever you believe about your efforts and your righteousness depending upon those efforts, that's going to translate into, or so let me, it's going to translate into how you believe God or what you think you believe or believe in God for in other areas. Let me give you an example. If you think your right standing is based upon something other than faith, you will think your healing is based upon something other than faith. It's important, right there, right? You say, well, I don't, I don't I'm not sure I get that, Pastor Mark. I mean, I obviously, spot. No, no. See, you hear people say all the time, oh, if there's ever anybody that deserved to be healed, she deserved to be healed. That woman went to church all her life. See, notice, again, we're thinking that because she's a good woman, because she raised a bunch of kids, because she taught Sunday school for 20 years and read the Bible seven times, that somehow this all earned her a healing. Doesn't work that way, my friend. Now, you say, well, it all worked that way, Pastor Mark. Well, you take that up with God when you get there with Him, but I'm trying to help you tonight. It doesn't work that way. So when, we, when it comes to, and I think that's why the Holy Spirit led us to, to that uh, truth about our righteousness, our right standing, our salvation. Paul asked the Galatians, he said, why are you being so foolish? You started in the Spirit. Why are you trying to finish this thing in the flesh? You can't maintain something you couldn't produce. See, I think that's the mindset a lot of people have. It's like, okay, God, if you'll just forgive me and give me a fresh start, I'll take it from here. No. But whatever percent you think your right standing is based upon, anything else you believe God for, you'll think that's also dependent upon it. There's, there are things that the Holy Spirit shows me and I'm like, man, I wish somebody had showed me that years ago, right? Maybe I'm the only one that's struggling in these areas. See, we, we think that, that our ability to receive from God is based upon how good we've been this week. Now listen to me, please. Back to where we started, if your heart condemns you, God's bigger than your heart. If your heart condemns you not, we have confidence towards God. I'm not saying that just playing fast and loose with the commandments and, 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 and sinning and all that stuff. I'm not saying that won't affect you. It'll absolutely hinder your faith. But the opposite of that is not true. In other words, when I say the opposite of that, if, if you've like really strived to be good and, and faithful and all of this stuff, that doesn't earn you anything. It still has to be received from God by faith. I know we've been over that so many times, but I'm telling you, it's where a lot of people, amen, yes, Lord, it's it's where a lot of people in this room are stuck. It's, It's really easy to talk about. A lot of people, like all these people out in the world, you know, that have no idea what's going on in here, are stuck there. Not us, no, no. It's where a lot of us are stuck. And what we don't realize is when we think, our behavior somehow earns us some favor or blessing or miracle from God, it it takes us out of a grace-based system and puts us back in that old performance-based system where we're no longer getting what Father desires to give to us, but we're back on this, what we deserve from Him. Let me give you these same verses from the Passion Translation. You see, let me use Abraham as an example. It is clear that, humanly speaking, he was the founder of Judaism, or the Jewish religion, we could say, Jewish faith. What was his experience of being made right with God? Let's keep going here. Was it by his good works? Something's happening with the uh, machine. There we go. Was it by his good works of keeping the law? No, for if it was by the things he did, he would have something to boast about. But no one boasts before God. Listen to what the Scriptures say, because Abraham believed God's words, his faith transferred God's righteousness into his account. When people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. No one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works but believes in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. Faith transfers it into your account. Faith transfers healing into your account. Faith transfers, for that matter, any, any and everything that belongs to you now as a child of God, it's transferred by faith. It's transferred by faith. It's not about earning it or deserving it or being good enough. That now he's saying, okay, I'll give it to you. You finally, you know, overcame that area in your flesh. So I guess you're good enough now. For No, no, that's not, that's not how any of this works. Okay, one last verse for tonight. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 16. Romans 4 and 16. It says this. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, let me give that same verse to you in the Amplified. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith, in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants. Not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham who is thus the father of us all. When I was reading that part about to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants, for some reason the Holy Spirit prompted me to think about the economy here in our country. Um. If you've paid attention, you know, or have lived long enough, you know that our economy is sometimes stable and it's sometimes unstable. Sometimes jobs and and things of that are very plentiful and bountiful. Other times they're scarce. Are Are you with me on that, right? It's up and down. It's back and forth. What we've got to understand is that Father's economy of grace is stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants throughout all generations. Amen. That's, I, either I didn't say that right or you just are tired, amen. That's good news right there. That's good news right there. There were people who came to him 1,500 years ago and salvation was just as stable and valid and guaranteed to them as it was to you and me and our generation. And should Jesus tarry His return to this earth, it'll be just as uh, stable, just as valid, and just as guaranteed a hundred generations from now. Amen. But notice, our access to these things, it doesn't depend partially on faith. It doesn't depend mostly on faith. It depends entirely on faith. If it's entirely on faith, that means faith and nothing else. Faith and nothing else. All right, one last translation. Romans 4.16, again this time from the Message Translation. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and His way. And then simply embracing Him and what He does. God's promise arrives as pure gift. That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in on it. Those who keep the religious traditions and those who have never heard of them. For, father, for Abraham is the father of us all. He is not our racial father. That's reading the story backwards. He is our faith father. Amen. Now, what has been given by grace must be received by faith, and there's no other way. There's no other way. I think it's the no-other-way part that we're having a hard time getting beyond. The Bible says a double-minded man will be unstable in all of his ways. And you better know that your enemy understands that truth. This is why he, he works so hard. As a matter of fact, I believe his main objective towards all of humanity, born again or not, is, is the formation of wrong mindsets, wrong thinking in us. It's where he gets the most bang for his buck. Because if he can get you confused and manipulated into, and deceived into wrong thinking, then there's not much else He has to do with you. I mean, you'll just, you know, eventually fly yourself, you know, fly your own life into the side of the mountain. He, you know. But specifically, not just confused and wrong thinking, but specifically He knows that even if we have some things figured out, things that are right, things that are on target, things that are you know, thus saith the word of the living God, I mean, couldn't be any more eternally true. He knows that even if we can get a lot of that, you know, established in our heart, that if, if he can just contaminate that with the, just the slightest amount of double-mindedness, just the slightest amount of but what if, you see, unbelief, doubt, questioning, refusal to trust him, right? It's going to create a condition of, of instability in our lives. It's going to create this uncertainty, this lack of confidence, back to where we started even before we received the offering. This lack of confidence as opposed to the boldness that comes with confidence. Hey, it was pretty bold for this guy to just, I mean, on his way out the door, be making phone calls and changing numbers in the spreadsheets. I mean, yeah. I mean that's, 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 pretty, that's pretty bold, isn't it? I mean, just, you know, you kicking me out, buddy, I'm going down swinging, man, I'm, I'm gonna take you for everything, you know. Again, notice the attitude, notice the determination, the grit. We've got to to bring that same type of attitude and shrewdness, thinking on our feet. When are we, thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, when are you gonna learn to think on your feet where the truth is concerned like you have previously thought on your feet where lies are concerned? Man, we find ourselves in in pressure-filled situation, the old us, right? man, we could start spinning yarns and fabricating lies and making excuses and telling tales. And and I mean, just, you know, I mean, we're just right there in the middle of it. So I mean, we believe in our own junk, man. We, it's, it's like we done, we done got so good at it. We, we believe, I mean, before you long, you know, it's like, man, I can't even remember if that was true or not. I've been, I you know, right? When are we going to become that skilled in the truth? When When are we going to be able to Use the Word of God like that when the pressure's on, skillfully swinging the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Every lie the devil tells, every deception, we just right there up in the middle of it with the truth, speaking the truth. That ain't how it is. That's not right. That's a lie that doesn't line up with the Scriptures. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. You get anything out of this? My grandson sure is enjoying it. I don't know if y'all are or not, but he, he likes his granddaddy preaching. Amen. Don't get me started bragging on him, but he pulled himself up and stood up yesterday. Mama, did you know that? Stood up? I mean, like, I'm like, you know, he's standing there like, look at me, look at what I'm doing. And, and Bethany was videoing it and she says, Oliver and when he looked over at her, he went, you know, just, just toppled over. But amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. We've I've used this example for years. We've we've got to figure out how to get our most valuable player. I, I understand Jesus. Don't he, he's the best. He's the most all that. I'm talking about. The things that you've been given to live a life that pleases Him. You can't please Him apart from faith. Faith is is like an MVP in your life. And most people have the most valuable player on the bench. They they don't even know how to get Him off the bench in the game of their life. Amen. 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 we've, We've got to start focusing on that you're facing any kind of situation in life, you need to stop and say, Lord, show me how to use faith right here. What's faith got to do with this? Does faith, can faith do anything about this, right? Even if you got the money to fix it, Father, do I need to use money on this or faith on this? How do, how do I, what, what's, what do we need to do here? Let me tell you where that begins. Father, have you, do you have anything to say about this? Right? Have you said anything about a, a, a broken family, a wayward son? Do you, do you have anything to say about marriage? Do you have anything to say about money, a job, a boss, work? What? Do, 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 any, anything in your word to do with any of this? Right? Because faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? Amen. Father, thank you that you're teaching us how to be shrewd when it comes to faith. How to be savvy. How to think on our feet. Father, not in any displeasing way of doing things underhanded or or illegal or unethical. Father, that's not what Jesus was saying and that's certainly not what we're saying. We're talking about on the side of light and life. We're not in darkness anymore. We were once darkness, but now we're like the Lord and we're learning how to walk as children of light. Teach us, Father. Teach us, Father. Holy Spirit, help us be aware. Help us begin to, to think and have the mindset about your truth and about your ways, about Your wisdom and your ways of faith, Father, the way we used to think about working the world's system and the world's ways and the world's angles. Father, we've learned the power of lies. We've learned the power of, of deception. Help us learn the power of truth. Help us learn, Father, your ways of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope you got something out of this tonight. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody. in Jesus, good things coming. I appreciate you being here. I know it was a little touch warm in here, but hey, I'd hate to be an air conditioner today, wouldn't you? Amen. I'm telling you. Praise God.